Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's Sales Talk Podcast. Diving deep into the world of sales and entrepreneurship by interviewing top leaders and influencers from around the world so you can overcome obstacles and achieve success. And now, here's your host, international best-selling author and business expert, Anthony Garcia. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Whoa, can I tell you, we got the sales whisperer on the show today, Wes Schaefer. He's a pig-headed entrepreneur who rehabilitates salespeople and trains their managers. Don't we all need that? He's a reassuringly aggressive, a reassuring expensive copywriter, sought-after speaker, and marketing automation expert. He's the author of two and a half books on sales, marketing, and CRMs, host of the sales podcast, host of the CRM Sushi podcast, and he will help grow you. Uh, he will help you grow by mastering the overlooked truth in life that you can make any sale. Or rephrase that: the overlooked truth in life that to make any sale, you must make every sale. Wes, welcome yeah. to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Let's just let's just two and a half books. Does that mean one's in production? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man! I know that's an exciting time. Um, all right, so we'll we'll, we'll we'll have to come back when when half book is done. But all right, you you made a statement here, and you ended with, "In order to make any sale, you must make every sale." Give me some background on that. So I equate, I've always equated selling with dating, right? Having a pipeline, and you have mm-hmm. stages, right? And and Salespeople incorrectly focus on the close, the sale, right? And and anybody that's anybody knows that we don't have control over that, right? And and sales are are lagging indicators, just like the, your weight. You step on a scale, you know, if your goal is to lose thirty pounds in ninety days, the scale at the end of ninety days just lets you know did you do the right things. At every meal, right? Did, did you have water instead of a Coke? Did you have a Diet Coke instead of sweet tea? You know, did you have a piece, did you have an apple instead of uh, apple pie, right? For 90 days straight. So it's a lagging indicator. So all these little things, you know, so people are looking at, oh, I just got to close them. Well, what does it take to really close? It's like saying, well, I got to win the football game. What does that mean? We have to run the ball effectively. Just run it. We have to run it outside the tackles effectively. Oh, and we pass. Oh, yeah, we need to pass. Short, medium, or long. What about defense? What about special teams? Right? So you start breaking it down. So to win any football game, right, you must master offense, defense, and special teams. You know, so you start breaking it down. So to make any sale, you must make every sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I tell people, you know, I, I literally met my wife in San Bernardino at a country bar. And, uh, you know, the, the goal wasn't to go find a wife, uh, but I did. Uh, so if we look at that as as the sale, you know, I had to show up to that country bar. I Before I went, I had to shower. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get my clothes clean. I had to shave. I had to put on cologne, but not too much cologne. Right. Each of those were sale. How I approached her was a sale. You know, and, and so how do how did I conduct myself as we danced? Uh, so each of those, when I asked for her number, that's a sale. How I called her, how I set up the first date, 
each of those were little sales. And so I, we, we overlook, you know, we set these big lofty goals. You see people with vision boards and, you know, ski resorts and, and private jets. And, okay, that's fine. What are you going to do in the next 15 minutes to make that a reality? And that's where people struggle, right? And so then they, they never end up hitting those bigger goals because they don't take the little bitty actions that comprise our lives. Oh, man, there's so much to peel back there. You know, I always tell people when when I was managing corporate sales teams, I would I would tell my sales reps, you know, the best sale you make is your spouse. Like I, I used to juggle, like if I'm going to interview somebody and hire them, I, I kind of want to also interview their spouse because that tells me everything that you're not telling me, I can decipher from the relationships <laughs> you yeah. choose to have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, showing up, doing all the small things to do all the right things. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, I, I, I would tell people, right. So I'll use the analogy. I talk about my daughter on the show often. My daughter's a competitive martial artist and she, you know, we travel really the country, uh, for her to compete and, and spar and fight other girls in Taekwondo. And I always tell her, I'm like, you can't just Jiu-jitsu, show up. baby. Get her in oh, there you go. Yeah, you, you can't just show up and be like, I'm going to fight now. Like it all, it has to be a repetition that you're doing training consistently. And I love the analogy you bring that into the world of sales. Uh, Cause I, I, I hear too often that I'll see sales reps and sales leaders and sales managers sometimes forget that the skill of selling is something that they have to work on. When, when you come in and, and you help train sales managers and you rehabilitate their, these sales people, what are some of the things that you come in right away and say, Hey man, Here's the blocking and tackling we want to fix, or or here's the frameworks or or the mindset shifts that we need to make. Because I you know I, I say this every salesperson should be learning, but it doesn't always take place. Yeah. So most sales managers um, haven't had great sales training. They were they were maybe natural. They were maybe they joined the company early, so it was a little easier to sell and succeed. Uh, maybe they're just, you know, they're, they're naturals, they're, they're intelligent, they're aggressive, maybe they were motivated. I mean, I, when I got into sales, I was right out of the Air Force. I, I was married for a couple of years. We had a, a newborn son. We had another one on the way. I mean, I was motivated to put food on the table, right? So, and, and I was successful, but I was working very hard to put food on the table, right? So, and then I became a GM and I knew like it would be tough. Um, fortunately, the first company I was at, they had a good program. So, and I learned early on, you know, manage activities and pay on results. So when I was selling mobile homes, we had a very clear cut system and I just followed the system because again, I had to put food on the table. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not reinventing things here. I was unemployed. I'm like, I'll do what you say. You know, I made a hundred thousand dollars in 98, you know, my first full-time sales job. And, um, so I was like, okay, this works. So, but most most people they don't have that clear cut process that you follow. So they they hustle, they grind, they're aggressive, uh, and they get promoted. And now those attributes, lone wolf, aggressive, competitive, uh, work. Those attributes work against them. All right now they're belittling their people. Oh, when I had that territory, I hit my quota three years in a row. And, you know, on and on and on. It's like and things change. The company change, product change, competition change, economy change. So it's like, dude, it's not fair to say that. You know, so you have to help the sales managers learn how to lead 
uh, and then give them a system. You know, just like, you know, Nick Saban, he recruits guys. I mean, he's smart enough. Over the years, he adjusted his game, right? The SEC is now a passing conference, and forever and ever, it was just a power eye, you know, conference and league. And so he adjusted. And But as when he made the new system, then he's like, the, the kids he recruits, you know, he's like, I'm not changing the system for you. You know, do you want to be in my system? Right? Chances are high that, you know, you're going to win national championships. You're going to get all the eyes on you if you come to this program. But you're going to, you're going to fit, you're going to do things my way. And so when a, a company has a system, you know, the old school IBM and Xerox, you know, everybody would get trained and just do things their way. They became great salespeople and then they would leave and do their own thing because they knew how to follow a system. So most, yeah, I was talking to a company last week, I uh, met with them and, you know, they're doing $5 million in revenue. They, they've grown and um, doing well for the most part from the outside looking in. But they were struggling to keep salespeople, didn't know who to hire. And as we talked, it's like they have no system. They have no scripting. They have no buyer persona. Uh, just nothing. So they would have to hire a pure hunter that can just figure it out. I'm like, you're going to pay a lot of money to get that person. And they're going to spin their, their wheels for a while building all this out. And it's like, let's build this out first. Then you can just hire some appointment setters. You know, do a little bit of marketing, hire some appointment setters. Uh, hire some lower end salespeople because we can make the phone start ringing uh, by doing a little more direct marketing. Uh, so, you know, but that's, that's just foreign to, to most people. They, they're entrepreneur. Like this company is typical An entrepreneur. This guy is actually a doctor. Kate uh, found a, a niche. He found a need. He's filling it, but he doesn't know sales. So he's like, I just got to hire a salesperson. They'll go knock on doors and they'll be just as energetic as I am. But he's passionate because it's his baby. Right. But everybody else below, anybody that's not a founder, co-founder, has some ownership in the game. Nobody else is, is going to be as passionate and motivated as they are. And then they're confused why they have turnover in their staff. Right. Because it's just a paycheck to these other people. And and there's no structure. They're like, man, I'm just I'm out here figuring this all out on my own. I'll go somewhere else. You know, get paid. If I'm going to figure out on my own, I'll go somewhere else with a bigger company, bigger opportunity. Yeah, so that's what I, I help mean, them quantify. I, I love how you how you you quantify that and you break it down and teach it. I can't tell you how many times you know I've you know I've been consulting uh, small businesses, really these service providing companies, on building and scaling their sales teams. And the number one complaint is exactly what you just shared to me. And I'm sure you get this phone call too. Hey, Wes, reaching out for some help. I hired four salespeople and they all suck. <laughs> right. And yeah. you go in and you're like, you know, and you're telling me, Hey man, and everyone is kind of free falling for it. Everyone is, is, is running the thing. So I love how you put the system in place and, and the analogy of the system to the football team. That's, that's phenomenal for me. I, I resonate with me really well and, and putting these systems in place. You know, when it comes to the world of, of systems, you, you look at the way we were taught before and, how we were taught before is it still applicable to today. The way that I was taught selling and this mantra, you know, was the ABC, always be closing. It was this hyper 
Yeah, I'm just calling it. It's a hyper-aggressive, very direct, always-be-closing-mantra mentality, um, which I don't know if it's completely applicable in today's day and, night, day and age. You mentioned one thing that you discuss is the new ABCs of selling. Can you elaborate a little on those? Yeah, you know, that the ABCs, you know, always be closing. So that comes from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. David Mamet wrote that. It was a it was a movie, you know, Alec Baldwin in like 91, 92 time frame built off of uh, off of a Broadway play from the 80s. David Mamet is my dad's age. He's like 75, um, something like that. Uh, so he he wrote that play that became the movie based on his experiences as an office manager in a real estate office. I think he was in Chicago. So his experiences in like in the sixties, right? So he, the, the, the salesmen with that attitude are literally older than our grandparents, right? So that's literally like an 80 or hundred year old mantra. Always be closing, always be closing. And that was fine before the internet, right? Uh, and so, you know, I, I came up with, you know, the new ABCs. You know, one of them is always be concise. Mm. Uh, too many salespeople, uh, they, they have some issues. They have some personal issues. I mean, very few people, like, go to college and, you know, uh, their mommy's not holding them, you know, nursing them at the breast and saying, hey, little Joey, I hope you grow up to become a great salesman. I mean, it doesn't happen, right? So now, sometimes, a lot of times, maybe they default into sales. And so they don't feel worthy. And, and they, and most people feel like selling is dirty, it's pushy, it's manipulative, it's greedy. Uh, and it's none of those things when you're doing it right for the right reasons. Uh, and so they end up, trying to assuage their own fears or, or um, give, them their, give themselves their own counseling. Look how smart and helpful and supportive I am. So they ramble. They talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And they, well, the prospect has to be educated. No, the prospect doesn't have to be educated. Not by you, not one-on-one, -on -one, not in this meeting. You're talking too much because you want to prove how good and smart and worthy you are. No, always be concise. Answer the question, ask another question, right? Always be curious. If you're rambling on, you're not learning, right? Don't assume that you're talking to the decision maker. Don't assume that you're not. Don't assume that they have money. Don't assume that they don't have money. Don't assume that they can buy or that they can't buy. Always be curious. Keep asking more and more questions. Always be courteous. Right. Please and thank you still are the magic words, even though I hate that little purple dinosaur. OK, after seven kids, I've watched him enough. But please and thank you are OK. You know, so apply those. Closing really is a sign of desperation. That's how it comes across. That's how the prospect will perceive it. If you if you try too early to close too hard. Uh, yeah alarms will go off in the minds of your prospects uh, and that's not good uh so you know set that it's a great movie uh but set that attitude aside for now <laughs> yeah i love it it's it's mostly 
mostly entertainment. And I, I have, you know, you and I run in this, this same vertical and, and, and Catapult Emissions Family. Wes is the host that you guys heard the intro. He's the host of the sales podcast, host of the CRM Sushi podcast. You'll find those links down in the show notes. But you and I were kind of running in some of these same verticals with where, you know, where we, we have podcasts, where we're, 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 we're developing thought leaders in the sales space. And I have said out loud that if you go to a sales trainer, or hire a sales trainer, or have a sales manager that gets in your car, gets on a Zoom, is like always be closing and starts regurgitating this crap. Look for a new job. Fire yeah. that person. Yeah. Is, I, I I'm with you, man. I I I think that it's such a disgusting turnoff now to 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 the market we're in. Right? You mentioned you know '98 was your first year. You generated 100 grand making sales. If you acquired customers today the way you did in '98. I, I, it's probably no longer acceptable. I tell people all the time, the first time I started generating customers on my own was 2003. And if I did that today, I would be arrested. Like it would be either stalking or <laughs> like there's, there's just certain things that are no longer acceptable, you know, but at the time that's how I learned. And that's, that's how I cut my teeth and we adapt. So uh, I love, I love your approach on, on the conciseness. It's, it's yeah. The rambling to me is always a sign of you're not confident in what you're selling. Um, you know, I'm, I want to want to switch directions here on you for a quick second, Wes. With your line of work, you help teams with their CRM, hence the CRM Sushi Podcast, right? And for for those that are listening that don't know, when we reference the CRM. It's the Customer Relationship Management System. There's a bazillion out there. Salesforce.com is probably the most well known, but you know, Keep and HubSpot and PipeDrive and Close.io, and you just can keep going on. There's so many of these CRMs. I'd love to hear your thoughts here because some companies and some sales reps, I don't even say companies, some sales reps are, hey, I don't need my CRM. It's, it's like it's, I can, I better in my head. The CRM slows me down, right? The CRM is admin work. And, you know, the, then you have the organizations, the companies that are trying to implement a CRM for tracking, forecasting, and budgeting and all this other fun stuff. I'd just love to hear your thought on the state of CRM right now, 2023, and, and how should we view it and how should we be working with them? Um, a lot of them are clunky. Um, a lot of them are, are, they get in the way of salespeople, you know, so I get it. They're, they're not set up properly. People aren't trained on them well. Uh, there's too much emphasis placed on it. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Um, I, I first started using databases. I mean, before they were CRMs, again, in 1998. And the our rule was if a if a prospect came on the lot, right, and we, had, we got their info, if we entered them into the database, and back then it was old client server, you know, we just had a green screen terminal that connected back to headquarters. But if we plugged them into the database, then if they came back later and bought, even when we were gone, you could be on vacation. They came back later and bought, you got 50% of that commission because you, you tee them up, put them in the system. If you didn't register them, then you got nothing, right? And you could have worked and worked and worked. And then happened. People would work on a deal. They'd be gone. Somebody else would come in. And, and prospects, even to this day, I mean, they're not very loyal. No. They, they'd act like they just came in and they're ready to buy something, you know? It, so, so I learned early on how to use technology uh, as my friend. Um, as early as 2004, we started using Salesforce.com uh, when I was in Austin at a startup. 
And same thing, you know, my company switched to it. The boss said, use it. So I dove in, you know, rather than complain because, you know, we, we were keeping spreadsheets and having to update each week. And I was like, okay, if you're saying if I put all my info in the CRM that I don't have to do these spreadsheets every week, they go, that's right. And I remember, I'm still friends with my manager, but man, he and I had about a year. We didn't talk. Um, <laughs> and I mean, we butted heads. He was hopping my butt, you know, wanting us, wanting a, report you know wanted me to ex export this spreadsheet and I, i'd already moved out here and i'm like why the hell do you make me update my crm and then you want a spreadsheet you know, are you saying your crm is up to date yes that's what i'm saying because you said enter all the data i'm like i'm sorry the other 10 or 11 salespeople don't listen to you you said do it i did it and I'm not printing that stupid spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not doing it, man. It was a waste of time, right? And I'm an efficiency freak. And salespeople, we get paid for our productivity, not printing out spreadsheets for the boss. So, you know, I started figuring out how to use templates. Then I learned like some of the email limitations I could send back then, like 100, 200 emails a day. So I started creating my own templates. Uh, and then, you know, as things evolved, I helped Dell deploy Salesforce.com in 2007 when I was on my own as a sales whisperer, spent 10 months with them. Um, then I found uh, Infusionsoft back then, it's now Keep, uh, and their partner program. And that, the, the nice thing with that, with Keep, what they were doing was automating the whole process. Salesforce.com figured that out later on. They bought Exact Target, I think, in 2012, who had already bought Pardot. Pardot is an automating engine, basically. It'll automate tasks. Um, and exact target was email. You know, I, I always tell people that CRMs, standalone CRMs are dead. Uh, you know, unless you're just some big, you know, uh, Ford and you need to, need to plug into your ERP, you know, for planning and production. Okay. But otherwise, the only reason to have a CRM is that's, that's your your storage room, right? That's that's the big, you know, massive tool chest, you know, six foot tall tool chest in the corner of the garage. You go get the tools that you need and you put them on your tool belt and you walk out and go do the work that you need to do. So you've got to store that stuff somewhere, but you need the automation that's triggering at the right time. You know, like real estate, for example, you know, if you had a 12-step follow-up program, it's the exact same program, but the timing is just different. If you tell me, oh, we're just thinking about this, then I'll drip on you every month. If you come to me now and say, hey, by the end of summer, we're looking to move. Okay, then you're going to get the same email every week, right? The same 12, but I'm just compressing the time frame. And it's like, oh, no, we are, like, we're getting kicked out of our home. We finally made some, we made, we saved some money. Our lease is up, you know, in 60 days, we got to find something. All right. Then you'll get the, so, those same emails maybe every other day. So it's not that you have to change up what you say. It's just more of the timing and, and whatnot. So, but you know, if you're a W-2 salesperson, you probably don't have control over all that stuff. It's kind of running in the background or it's not. Um, but if the company's using it and they mandate it, then just embrace it. Figure it out, dive into it, learn how how to leverage it, uh, get in good. I got get it. I got in good with the marketing team. I got in good with the IT department. 
you know, in, in like 2000, 2001, I was one of the first guys with those big blackberries, right? You remember those old school blackberries? Mm-hmm. They were like as big as this Kindle, right? But yeah. That's what it felt like making calls on a Kindle, right? That's how big they were. Um, we didn't have a BlackBerry server, though, but I bought the phone. And still to this day, you have an email address from your cell phone provider, right? It's like your phone number and some other yeah. characters at vzn.net or whatever. So I, I sweet-talked my IT department to BCC all of my emails to my uh, phone carrier. I think we had AT&T back then. I don't remember. Um, so I was getting all of my emails while I was on the road, which nobody, ha- nobody was doing that in 2000, 2001, 2002, you know, unless you had a BlackBerry server, we didn't have one. So I was always figuring out how to streamline things. I wasn't cutting corners. I was, I was accelerating my journey, right? So technology is here to stay. The CRMs aren't going away. Your memory is not that good. Whiteboards and sticky notes in your wallet can only go so far. You know, so embrace this stuff, man. Oh, man, I love it. You know, the funny thing about the the CRMs, and you're absolutely correct. Um, yeah, I, I was first introduced to Salesforce.com. I think it was uh, 07. I was working for a, a payroll company at the time. I think it was the very first time I was introduced to to Salesforce. Uh, you know, spent my most of my career, my corporate career, and I you know, really only worked for two organizations with Salesforce. Um, and when I came out on my own and developed my own business, right, I went through the the evolution of CRMs, right? I mean, close, you know, hub, infusion, and you know, you're trying to find the one that's appropriate and st- stuff I never had to think about as a business, as a as a W two employee. But when I came a business owner, I'm like, okay, this is an expense. Are we using it? Am I ready for it? Do I need all the bells and whistles? And I tell you what, man, when when it's you, <laughs> implementation and following up, <laughs> there's no wiggle room. And I even I even joke, you know, I. I you know, when, when I consult some smaller clients or they're getting started up, I'm like, you know, if you can use a task manager as a CRM because you only need six clients a month to make your number, yeah, you know, that works for you. But if you have a team, you have systems, I mean, there's so many, it's you, whatever the tool is, just long using it, adapt. And that's, that's, that's the big one that I, that I take away, especially hearing you say that stuff. So I love your, love your perspective there, my friend. Yeah, good. Thank you. So, well, Wes, we're coming to the end here, man. You know, as the sales whisperer, I, I'm glad to have you on the show. I, I think, you know, I think the world of what you're doing, I love the direction you're going in. I wish you a lot of success on book half, right? And whenever that book half is done, please reach back out. We'd love, <laughs> love to get you up and, and share a little bit about the book to the Catapult to Commissions family. But in the, in the interim, how does the Catapult to Commissions family find you, get connected with you, and learn all about the sales whisperer? Um, just go to thesaleswhisperer.com. Um, from there, you got to pick your poison, right? You'll see, um, I got a free sales calculator so you can know your numbers. Uh, that's down there in the footer. Uh, there's all types of resources. Um, there is, you know, the sales success secrets. There is the agenda, uh, how to get control of, uh, your prospects, set a firm agenda, make sure they show up and you get to the truth, which is the truth may be a no. Okay, but the sales agenda, it's a free tool. Um, you know, 600, just published my 612th episode of the sales podcast, uh, 51 episodes of the CRM Sushi podcast. So there's, there's just content everywhere. Um, so figure out what it is you're looking for. Is it prospecting? Is it negotiation? Is it closing? Is it discipline? Um, 
you'll see right there on the homepage something that, that's still still kind of in beta, but it's working called 12 Weeks to Peak. Uh, it's a free program, and that's uh, an accountability thing for 12 weeks uh, to get you to focus and do the right thing. I, it's like we're talking about, what are you doing for the next 15 minutes? This will hold you accountable uh, for 12 weeks. You know, and I say, welcome to the last hard quarter of your life. You know, because it'll be hard. You're doing everything in the 12 Weeks to Peak program is hard, but it's free. Um, and but once you do all that, you'll know what works in your business, in this economy. And then just go do more of that. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. That's that's 12 Weeks to Peak. That, that does some, yeah, I will definitely be checking that out. Catapulting right. Mission Family, hit that saleswhisperer.com. <laughs> Up and West, man, congratulations, man. 600 episodes in the Sales Whisperer, over 50 on the CRM Sushi podcast. I am impressed by those numbers i love it man we <laughs> capital commissions the show we're going on our fourth year coming up on 200 and some odd episodes right. so you you and i both know man this is not an easy journey and i really appreciate getting the time to connect with you i look forward to joining you on your show yeah, and man. uh yeah wish you nothing but abundant success my friend thank you thanks for having me Yes, sir. Catapult Emissions family, you know what to do. It's that time of the show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, like, smash the comments, let me know your thoughts. Are you using a CRM? Which one? Which one do you like? Or are you the guy that's like, I hate the CRM, don't want to do it? Let me know your thoughts. Shoot me a DM, and I will see all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Catapulting Commission's Sales Talk Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Anthony Paul Garcia. Until next time.